I will tell you what, it is getting hot here in Texas. I think the heat index today is like supposed to be like 105 or something like that, and we're not even in June yet. And I'll tell you what else is hot. Our real estate market is still booming right now, and it is hot, hot, hot. But there are dark clouds on the horizon. What do we think this is going to do to the market? Stick tuned to this video to find out. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. I'm John Barr with an investor's journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything that's currently working for us in our business and some of the things that's not. If you find this information valuable, we would love it if you go down and smash that like button and share this information with somebody you know that would find this information useful. If this is your first time tuning into our channel, we would absolutely love it if you consider subscribing to us. And without further ado, let's get right on to this month's market update. All right, with building permits issued for the month of April, we're sitting at 1,357, which is a 9.7% increase year over year. Two to four units, we're sitting at six. Such a huge number. Six permits issued for the month of April. That's a 33.3% decrease year over year. I'm never really too concerned about multifamily, um, small multifamily like that, is because it's usually individual builders that are doing that, and those permits usually just swing wildly, but it's usually under like 10, 20 to hundred, nothing crazy. Five plus units were sitting at one, 1,101, which is a 58.9% increase year over year. Average sales price is sitting at 395,847. And that is a 20.07% increase year over year. Median sales price were up to 325,000, which is a 20.4% increase year over year. So now let's take a look at the median sales price plotted all the way back to June of 2010. And what you're seeing here is what a typical normal sales cycle looks like. It goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And always in kind of an upward trajectory where the, this summer will surpass the prices from last summer. And what we love to do with this information is we love to load up an inventory around that November, December, January, February, March timeframe, because when we get done with our renovations and we put it on the market, we are typically hitting that next sales cycle where the prices are typically higher. Now, given you can see what the prices have done over the last couple months or years, actually, we're up almost 40% than we were in 2020. So that, like I said, this is something that is, you can use in your business as to know when the cycle does return back to its normal place and it eventually will you want to be able to take this information and know when prices do rise and typically fall. Now with that is the year over year appreciation. And what I use this stuff for is I wanna use this as a leading indicator so I have an idea of where prices are going. So you can see typically going back all the way to June of 2000, uh, or yeah, July of, 2011, prices really regressed coming out of the last Great Recession. Right there leading into 2012, you can see how fast the prices reverted and started increasing. And you can kind of see starting around like uh, 2016, the summer leading into fall, 
year over year appreciation started to slowly compress. And then 2020, you can see the prices just absolutely took off, which these price increases are completely unsustainable over the long term. So that's what I want to use this stuff, especially with rising interest rates. I want to see what the year over year appreciation is really doing to seeing, are we slowing down or are we still picking back up? And to really gauge what the market is doing with these higher interest rates to see, is the market supporting the prices even with these rising interest rates? So that's something that you want to definitely tune into every single month to check out to see where the year over year appreciation is continuing to go. So back to the numbers. Total sales was sitting at around 3,255 for the month of April, and that is a 7.6% decrease year over year. Average rental price, good for us landlords, we're up 13.7% increase year over year to 1805. And with the sales volume dropping 7.6%, I'm not too worried about that just because we are so low on our inventory to where it can swing a little bit. Now, if that number was 10, 12, 15, 20%, I would be more stark for concern. But the fact that it is 7.6% year over year, I'm not too worried about that just yet. But it is a number that I'm continue to watch, especially as we lead into the summer months when sales volume usually picks up. So it's something I'm going to keep an eye on as the months go by. Now let's take a look at monthly rents going back to January of 2014. They follow a similar cycle to the median sales prices where it goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And for us, one thing that we love to do is no matter when we pick up a property, our leases always end on March, April, or May, because that's leading into the summer months where we can get to the point to where if a tenant does move out, we can get in there, do our innovations that we need to do and get it back on the market and try to get that next level of high rent. Now, rents increasing, I know is very difficult for people that are renters, but it is great for us landlords because with our rising prices come rising tax rates, come rising interest rates, which means increase in mortgage payments to where we have to be able to pass that on somewhere. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to repair our properties. So that seeing that rental increase is actually a good thing that the market is bearing that. And it's not the opposite of that, where we have rising taxes and insurance and falling rents. So that's something that just kind of goes along hand in hand with rising prices as rents need to be able to increase. And it's a good thing that the market is able to support those higher rents so we can continue to maintain our properties as landlords. Hey, did you hit the like button yet? We would love it if you just jump in and just give us a quick like. All right, back to the presentation. So another big component to that we continue to follow for our numbers is the employment and the unemployment numbers. So for employments in March, we are just shy of 1.2 million, and that is a 5% increase year over year. And we gained 3,881 jobs from the previous month. Unemployment, it, we're back down to 3.49, which is a 0.75% decrease from previous months or pre from the previous month. And that is fantastic news, which means we're pretty much back to full employment here in San, or in San Antonio, which is why you start seeing the Federal Reserve raising interest rates as we are back and we are recovered from the pandemic from the last several years. And our unemployment is back to a healthy level, which is, means we need to increase the interest rates in order to uh, keep a healthy economy and make sure we don't get too hot and too overheated and the inflation takes off too far. And that's why you're starting to see the Federal Reserve starting to rise interest rates, backing out of buying the mortgage-backed securities and the interest rates on mortgages actually rising 1.5% over the last couple months. 
So here I look at the 20-year unemployment going back to November of 2001. And now why I follow this stuff is I want to see what the unemployment is currently doing. Because you can see going coming out of the last recession or going into it actually, that how fast the unemployment rate rose. And then it slowly trickled all the way back down before we hit the pandemic where it spiked up again and shot back down. Is I want to see where unemployment currently is on a graph and which direction it's kind of going. Now, I highly expected it to fall like it did, but it's never going to be a smooth decline all the way down. You're going to have your months where it kind of goes up and down and up and down, but I want to see it in that downward trajectory. So now as we start leading into what people say, oh, we're going to have a recession. We're not going to have a recession. We're going good. These unemployment numbers is what's going to tell us what's currently going on in the job market. And I want to see that it goes back to basically where we were at the last several years of 16, 17, 18, and 19 is I want to see a sustainable amount where it goes up a little bit, but then goes down. I do not want to see a rise in unemployment over a long period of time or short period of time, whatever it may be. But it's something that is a leading indicator of where the economy could be going. So now let's move on to the gauge that we look at the most and the hardest as far as determining where we think this market could be going. Months of inventory. So the months of inventory for May was at 1.52 months. And that's a 0.31 month increase from the previous month. As a retrospect, where were we at last summer? It May of 21, we were at 1.31. So I want to spend a second talking about months of inventory. So if you're new to this channel, it's something you're going to see throughout this presentation and or you hear on the news. So months of inventory is what we gauge to determine how hot the real estate market currently is. So what does that mean? Months of inventory means how much inventory is on the market and how many months would it take to consume all of it based on the current rate of consumption on the total sales from the previous month. So now a normal market is sits around basically, depending on who you talk to, it's four and a half to five months of inventory. So anytime that we're lower than that, it means we're in something we call a seller's market, that the seller has more bargaining power than the buyer. There is not enough homes for sale for the overall buyer demand. So that's why you constantly look at the news. It doesn't take long to find out that everyone talks about the inventory. There's no inventory. There's no inventory. We lack massive amounts of inventory on the market. And that's what that means. That if the rate of consumption continued, it would only take 1.51 months of time to consume all of the houses on the current market, which means we're severely undersupplied as far as people selling the market, which is why you see the prices increasing like they have. Take it back to Econ 101. The market is trying to find that equilibrium between buyer and seller demand. And right now we have way too much buyer demand and not enough seller demand, which is why you've seen prices skyrocket the last couple months. And that is exactly what the Federal Reserve is trying to do with raising the interest rates. It's trying to bring back that months of inventory to a more sustainable level to where prices go back to the norm or it increases basically three to 4% year over year. So anytime you see that month of inventory, keep that number in mind, about four and a half to five months of inventory is your balance to market. And anytime we're below that number, it means there's way more demand for the buyer than there are people selling the homes. Anytime we're above that number, it means that there's not enough sellers or there's not enough buyers trying to buy at that price range and their sellers are listing too many houses for that equilibrium price point. Are you really enjoying this presentation? You would love a PDF copy of it so you can go back and reference it. Well, think about joining our texting community so you can get this, this presentation plus notifications of when the presentation comes out every single month. Go ahead and text market to 210-794-9898 to stay on top of all the news when it comes to real estate and what's going on in this market.
So now that you understand the months of inventory, you might be asking yourself like, great, now what do I do with that as far as my investing strategy goes? So I will tell you exactly what we do with that information. We do it by two metrics. First up, we have a buy price range. And the reason we do this is we want to see where the bulk of inventory is really being sold or most in demand in the current market by the sales volume and then see what the month of inventory really is for that. And you can see by this graph, it's really that 250 to 350 price point, which is exactly where we try to target all of our renovations. Now, keep in mind, we only sold 3,000, just 3,200 houses this last month. And almost a third of that was just in those two price points. And they have ultra low inventory. And the reason we do that is because we, as the sellers know that there's a massive demand for buyers in that market, which means that there's a good chance by the time we buy a property, renovate it after two, three months, that the prices actually could be higher than our original underwriting of what our traditional sales price was going to be. The next thing we do with that inventory is look at it by zip code. We want to see where the most demand is for buyers and what zip code and part of town they're doing and what price point they are buying at. And the reason we do this is because marketing is very expensive. So we want to target it, not by just by price range. But we also want to do it by zip code. And what I really like to do with this, this graph is really show you what these low months of inventory do to a price point, to a zip code, to just overall home price points over the course of time. So now going back two years to April, May of 2020, you can really see what these low inventory has done to the price of housing. And a lot of these zip codes have gone up 20, 30, 40. 50% and there's even some of them that have gone up almost 100% pricings have doubled in two years because the inventory is so low and the demand for housing is so high. Now, again, keep this in mind. Anytime that months of inventory you see below four and a half, five months of inventory, that means there's way more buyer demand than there is seller. And the market is trying to find its equilibrium and balance between buyer and seller. And if it's really low, that means the prices are going to increase at a much faster pace for that particular price point or zip code. So now the caveat to the lowest months of inventory is the highest months of inventory. So you can see that these aren't necessarily bad zip codes because they are still ridiculously slow in inventory. And you can see that the prices have increased. Some of them, even 78257, have almost doubled in just two years as far as the average sales price goes. But it does show that you do need to be a little more cautious. Because as this market starts to normalize, you're going to want to understand the inventory and between highest and lowest and where you fall in that. Because if there's high inventory, and that means, say, let's, it goes back to where it was, say, two years ago, where some of these were sitting in four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months of inventory. You want to know and go look at what the other markets are doing or the other houses are doing because you want to make sure that you're not sitting on the market for that average, which means you might want to go put more money into the staging the pictures, the master bathroom, the bedrooms, the kitchen, things that are give you the higher ROI. So when your market, your house does go on the market, that means that you are the top of the line and you do not sit on the market for that average of eight, nine months. Because every month we pay, because in real estate, we use other people's money. Every month that goes by that you're sitting in the market, that is interest payments and taxes and insurance that you owe to somebody. So you want to go put those things, that money into those places so that you can get your house sold very quickly. So remember, 
even though we're in a market right now and we have been for the last two years, it's very forgiving us being the sellers because there's just no demand that can't continue forever till the end of time because we have been so low for so long and in rising interest rate environment, this what it's designed to do is bring down the level of appreciation or inflation of housing to where it's more sustainable over the long term. So now as far as the months of inventory go by zip code, I only give you the top 10 and the bottom 10. And I think there's like 65 that I track. If you're wanting the full list, make sure you go ahead and text market to 210-794-9898. So that really concludes the market update, but I want to take a few seconds just to talk about what we think is going to happen. So you're hearing all kinds of stuff in the market that, hey, real estate follows the stock market. The stock market's down 20%. That means housing is start, going to start crashing. The Federal Reserve is raising rates too fast. We're going to huge a huge recession and prices are going to fall 20, 30%. Do we think that's going to happen here in Texas? No, we do not because we have a massive demand and net migration of people leaving other states coming to our state. Do I think it's going to get more expensive to buy houses? Do I think it's going to get more difficult? Do I think that what's happened last two years is going to go away as far as the bad habits that some of these real estate investors have got into? I think that 100%. So as a real estate investor, you need to make sure that you really underwrite your property, no matter how long you're going to hold it, that prices aren't going to increase 5, 10, 20,000 in just a few short months that you hold a property. That's what rising interest rates is designed to do and why you're seeing this stuff. We're at full employment, prices have increased way too much, and they're starting to rise, rise rates so that that market does not appreciate too fast. Now, does that mean we're never going to hit a crash? That's not what I'm saying at all either. But you need to pay attention of what's going on in the news. If there's some big macroeconomic shock that could throw us into recession, Fed Reserve oversteps too much, something happens over, new war started, new thing happens that the market's not expecting, it could throw us into recession and it could potentially crash the real estate market. But I don't think just the rising rates is going to crash our market here, depending on what price point you really look at. That's why I break this whole market update down into so many different segments. So this is another reason that you want to look down and subscribe and tune in every month as I put this information out. So that is really kind of what we're thinking is going to happen. Make sure you stay tuned and tune in every single month to really see month to month where our opinion changes.